morning. Welcome to New Restoration Outreach Christian Center. Thank you so much for joining us as we prepare for another wonderful day that the Lord has made. Let's get ready for a great lesson today, okay? Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for allowing us to come together to worship in your name, to learn about your word. Let your will be done in this place. We give you glory and praise. Those that's viewing by way of internet, we pray that you continuously watch over them and bless them and keep them. Pour out your spirit even the more for on the viewers, that they would grow even the more. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, let's get started. I'm excited about this message. Uh, we're talking about why do God search? Why do God search? Can God lose something? Can God try to find something that he can't find? A very interesting subject that we have today, and so we want to talk about it. Why do God search? And I want to show you four reasons why God search. There's four topics or four reasons that I want to deal with this morning on why God search. Now, we know that searching means something is, is you're seeking carefully after you're missing something or you lost something and you're trying to recover it. You don't know exactly where it's at. Well, we know God knows everything. The Bible says in Psalms that he sees the wicked and the good. He sees the evil and the righteous. He knows every thoughts. He knows every process. He knows every step that man makes. So what can God possibly be looking for? What is it that God is actually searching? Now, we got to be careful that we don't try to make God be human, where God is looking for something that he lost. That's not God. It's us that lose something, and we're trying to find it. But I put together this subject so we can see that God do search, but he's not searching for something he lost. He's searching for something that we who are lost can say, I need to be held accountable. I need to get back right with God. So let's find out what the scripture says. So I want to deal with the first one. God search for the hurting. Let's look at something, Ezekiel, the 34th chapter. Ezekiel 34, verse 16 through 22. God search for the hurting. And sometimes when we're going through or when we're hurting and things are not, you know, where we want them to be in our lives, people are not lining up, there's sicknesses, there's death, there's financial situations, there's relationship conflict, you know, children, families, whatever the case may be, job. Sometimes we wonder, where is God? Because things are happening so negative, and sometimes they happen back to back, and they can cause frustration where you can't sleep, and you're wondering, where is God? During my time of need, do God care? During my time of hurt and frustration, where is God? It's amazing that many times we see God so clearly when the blessings come in. And what we call blessings is when we get an overflow of money, or we get a promotion on a job, or we get a job, and marriage is all working out, the health is good after they came back from the doctor, everything is working out. And we call that an abundance of blessings. But the Bible also gives us a balanced teaching that even suffering is a blessing. Even losing something is a blessing. Even crying is a blessing. So we got to make sure that as believers, we walk in, in balance and not just walk in the abundance of material and, and put God in a box where God is only God when things are working out. When things don't work out, he's still God. And the scripture says, count it all joy when you fall into all kinds of problems and pains. But watch this. 
we need to understand that the scripture is going to show us in Ezekiel 34, God care and he's looking and searching for those who are hurting. And right now we're in some interesting times. We have the virus, we have the uh, pandemic, we have the uh, injustice with the racism, and we have so much going on right now. And it's so cloudy that we can try to say, you know what, where is God now? Why is God not helping me in my time of need? But the scripture tells us in Matthew 6 and 8, God already know what you have need of before you ask. So let's look at something in the scripture in Ezekiel to see, number one, God is searching for those who are hurting. God is looking for people who are going through. Oh, that's powerful right there by itself. Let me repeat that again. God is looking for people who are hurting. So don't, I don't want you to think and, and let the devil put in your spirit that, hey, God is nowhere to be found. I can't feel his presence. I can't see him. Things are getting worse. I need you to know something. The Bible is going to show us God is looking, searching. Not that he's lost something, but he's trying to, women, he's trying to get us to understand, hey, guys, no matter what you're going through, I'm looking for you. I'm coming for you. I got you. It's going to get better. So let's look at something, Ezekiel 34, verse 16 through 22. Watch what it says. I will search for the lost. Look what God says. This is what the, the word of the Bible, it starts off so plainly. God says, I will search for the lost. I will search for those who are left behind. I will search for those who are being mistreated. I will search for those who are having injustice. Watch what it says next. I will search for the lost uh -huh. and bring back the strays. I will bring back those who are being pushed away, who are being mistreated. I'm going to look for you, and I'm going to bring you back. Ooh, that's powerful right there. Watch what it says. I will bind up the injured uh -huh. and strengthen the weak. Yes. But the sleek and the strong I will destroy. Look what it says. Those who are hurting, I'm searching for you. Those who are going through, I'm looking for you. So that's confirmation. That's consolation right there. No matter what I'm going through, God looking for me. Boy, I like that right there. No matter what's happening in my life, God is looking for me. And watch what it says. Now watch this. He says, but those who are mistreating you, those who are strong, those who are, are dogging other people out, he says, I'm going to judge them. Read that verse again. I will search for the lost uh -huh. and bring back the strays. Yes. I will bind up the injured uh -huh. and strengthen the weak. I will bind the injured, strengthen those who are going through, and what else? But the sleek and the strong. But those who are putting their foot on people next, those who are putting their mouths on people, he says what again? I will destroy. I will judge those who are hurting other folks. Oh, boy, now you understand why he talks about in Matthew and Luke about loving your neighbor. You understand what Pastor Bruinton and Pastor Baker was talking about last week, how to love one another, love in action. God wants us to continue to show love even when you ain't being loved. My God, what does it say? As for you. Uh-huh. I will, I will shepherd the flock with justice. Yes. As for you, uh -huh. my flock, this is what the sovereign Lord says. What, what do God say? First of all, he says, I'm going to judge my people with justice. I'm going to make sure. You got to understand something. Now, we talked about this two weeks ago. God's justice is always going to be right. God is always going to be fair. God is always going to do what is right for the people. And God already knows some people are going to be good 
and some people are going to be bad. So my question to you is, which one you going to be? Now watch what the writer says again. I want you to go back up, Alicia, and read verse 16 again. This is powerful. I will search for the lost. God says, number one, I'm searching for those who are hurting. I'm searching for those who are pushed aside. I'm searching for those who are wayward, don't have a place to live, don't have a place to stay, don't have people in their lives. I'm searching for you. Even if you feel like you're in a bad situation, God says, I'm looking for you. Read. I will search for the lost. Yes. And bring back the strayed. And he says what? I'm going to bring you back even though you've been pushed aside. Yes. I will bind up the injured uh -huh. and strengthen the weak. Look what he says. I'm going to heal you. I'm going to mow you. I'm going to medicate you. Even when you're being hurt, I'm going to medicate you and bring you back. That's powerful. Read. But the sleek and the strong. But those who think they got their foot on somebody else's neck, those who think they're stronger than somebody else, what he says? I will destroy. God says, I will destroy people who push people down. I will destroy people who mistreat people. Now, you got to say, watch this, watch this. It's going to get powerful. Read. I will shepherd the flock with justice. I'm going to be your true shepherd. Because some of us pastors ain't all good shepherds. But God say, I'm going to be your true shepherd, but I'm going to shepherd you in justice. So whatever I make a decision about you, it is righteous. Read. As for you, uh -huh. my flock, yes. this is what the sovereign Lord says. God is talking to the entire world. Read. I will judge between one sheep and another. I will judge one sheep and I will judge the other sheep. God say, I will make the decision on who's mistreating who. Read. I will judge between one sheep and another. Yes. And between rams and goats. Woo. Is it enough for you to feed on the good pasture? Look what he says. Oh, my God. He say, is it, can't you be satisfied with what you already have? You mean to tell me you already got yours, but you don't want to share with nobody else? This is what the scripture is saying. Is it something wrong for you to enjoy what you have and don't let somebody else enjoy it? Read it again. Is it not enough for you to feed on the good pasture? Is it not enough for you to enjoy your good fruit? Must you also trample the rest of your pasture with your feet? So look what the writer says. You got your good fruit, but you're going to put your foot on the bat, on the fruit for somebody else to get. Wow. You don't want nobody else to have something good. So you're going to enjoy what you love, but you don't want to make sure that nobody else enjoy what they love. You're going to enjoy your nice house, but you don't want nobody else to have a nice house. Somebody done moved in your neighborhood, but now you don't want them in your neighborhood because of their color. So look what the writer says. Is it wrong for you to have good and nobody else don't have it? Read. Is it not enough for you to drink clear water? Yes. Must you also muddy the rest with your feet? Look, whoa, that's powerful. So it's something wrong when you can drink clear water, but I got to drink dirty water. Is something wrong back in the 60s and 50s when you say blacks only, whites only water? That's something wrong with that. Something wrong when you say you can go to the bathroom in the front, but I got to go in the backyard. Something wrong with that. And the scripture is saying right here, it is wrong for you as God who have good and put your foot on those who don't have it. Read that verse again. I like that. Is it not enough for you to feed on the good pasture? Is it not enough? Can't you enjoy what you have? God, the one that gave it to you, the Bible say he give you the ability to get wealth. This is not a black and white message. This is a power of the devil and the power of God message. It's for us to recognize where the devil is using us and where God is using us. Read it again. 
Is it not enough for you to feed on the good pasture? Is it not enough for you to enjoy your good land? Must you also trample on the rest of your pasture with your feet? Must you take your feet and step on my corn and my grapes while you eat the good grapes? Read. Is it not enough for you to drink clear water? Why you got to have pure, clean water? Must you also muddy the rest with your feet? But Flint, Michigan, your water got to be dirty. Read. Must my flock feed on what you have trampled and drink what you have muddied with your feet? Look what God say. This is the power of God. God says the flock is his. The people belongs to God. He say, but the land that you eaten off of, it belongs to God. Wow. The water that you drink, it belongs to God. But then he says, but you claim it as though it's yours. And then you act like nobody can come behind and drink what you drink. Drink out the same cup you drink out of. Live in the same neighborhood you live out of. Why do you think you own when God say, I'm in control of everything? I, I ain't talking to no black man or white man. I'm talking to the world. I'm trying to reveal the devil because God understands something. God is searching. And he's searching for those that are hurting. And if you're hurting people, God looking for them. God is looking for people who are hurting. He ain't looking for black people. He ain't looking for white people. He's looking for people. God coming to save souls. And we are so busy caught up with color. I have to fight myself every day. I go walking in my neighborhood. And every day in my neighborhood, I look at people because most of my neighbors are, are ca Caucasians. And I say to myself, are they judging me? Am I judging them? I have to fight myself and realize they are human beings. I can't let color dictate my life. Okay, let's get back. Read, reader. Therefore, this is what the sovereign Lord says to them. What God says to the people who, who are trampling over people. See, uh -huh. I myself will judge between the fat sheep and the lean sheep. Look what God says. I'm the one who will judge the rich and the poor. I'm the one who would make a decision on justice on those who are good and those who are bad. Watch what else it says. Because you shove with flank and shoulder. Because you push people aside. Look what he said. That's what he's talking about. Flank and shoulders means you're pushing people to the side. You're making people get out the way. You, you're taking what other people have. You don't want people to enjoy what they got because you want to take their land. You want to take their job. You're somebody in position as a supervisor and you want that job. And you are doing whatever you can to buck them out of position. That's what flank and shoulders mean. You're pushing people out the way so that you can get in that position. And the devil is all about power. And you got to be careful when you want something that God didn't ordain for you to have. You got to be careful when you're trying to get something that God didn't tell you to have. Power is the number one enemy to most believers. Because most, some believers know how to give the power back to where it came from. God, God giveth and God taketh away. That's what Job say. But blessed be the name of the Lord. Be careful when you want something so bad that somebody else got. That you'll do anything to knock them off their horse or knock them off their mountain so you can get there. You ain't got a husband, but you're going to take her husband. You ain't got a wife, but you're going to take his wife. Be careful when you want something so bad that somebody else already got. Learn how to encourage somebody who already there. Everything I got is because I know how to encourage others. 
<laughs> like that. Everything I have is because I learned how to encourage other folks. When somebody else got the new car, I celebrate you. That's all right. When somebody paid their car off, I celebrate you. When somebody got a promotion on their job, I celebrate you. When somebody preached a good message, I celebrate you. Learn how to praise and praise and lift others up before you try to tear people down. Oh, this is good. Read, reader. Because you shove with flank and shoulder. Look what it says. You push people out the way. You're knocking people over. Read. Butting all the weak sheep and your horns until you have driven them away. You're pushing the weak down with your strength. That's what horns mean. You're pushing the weak down because you got power to do it. And you fail to realize the one that's got all power is watching you. You've got to be careful because the people you push down, the people you step on, the people you knock down, God says, I'm looking for the hurting. Be careful when God is looking for somebody that's hurting. And if he's looking for the hurting, oh, what is he going to do when he finds you? who's mistreating the hurting. I got to read that again. Go back up to verse 16 through 22 and read it again, Leisha. This is good. I will search for the lost yes. and bring back the strays. God says he's searching. Read. I will bind up the injured. I'm going to take care of those who's going through. And strengthen the weak. Yes. But the sleek and the strong. Those, I those who are strong. I will destroy. God says what? I will destroy. What else? I will shepherd the flock with justice. Who said that? God says, I will shepherd. I'm going to be the pastor. Over the flock. And what else it says? As for you. As for you. My flock. This huh? is what the sovereign Lord says. What? I will judge between one sheep and another. God says, I will make a decision on how righteous you are and how terrible you are. Be careful when you start telling yourself you're righteous. There's a way that seemeth right, but the end thereof is death. Be careful when you think you have arrived. We talked about that Wednesday night when the Pharisee, he came to the altar. He told the Lord, he said, I'm glad I'm not like that publican. Out on the game here, I'm, I tithe two times a week. I fast two times a week, and I, I'm glad I ain't like him. And the Bible said, but the publican was a sinner. He won't even lift his head up. He just said, Lord, I'm a sinner. And the Bible say the publican walked away more justified than the so-called Christian. Be careful when you think you're a so-called Christian. Because you can mess around and tell yourself how righteous you are. Just because you didn't cuss don't mean you're righteous. Just because you didn't cheat on your husband and wife don't mean you're righteous. Just because you didn't steal don't mean you're righteous. As a man thinking. See, God searched the heart. Oh, they're going to search again. <laughs> what does it say, Rita? I will judge between one sheep and another. Uh -huh. And between rams and goats. Yes. Is it not enough for you to feed on the good pasture? Uh -huh. But you also trample the rest of your pasture with your feet. Look what he says. Is it something wrong for you to have a nice house, but you're going to tear down the house that's lower than yours? Is it something wrong for you to shop at the fine stores, but yet you take the the, the, the stores that's in the bad neighborhood, you take them out? Why do you trample on the weak? Read. Is it not enough for you to drink clear water? You can't have purified water? Must you also muddy the rest with your feet? Why do my water have to have lead in it? Must my flock feed on what you have trampled and drink what you have muddied with your feet? So you see what God is saying here? Be careful when you are enjoying the earth and others are suffering on the earth. And God is saying, is there something wrong with this picture? 
that my people, church folks, are hurting and you are enjoying life? And God say, that's not right, and I'm going to bring justice. Read. Therefore, yes. this is what the sovereign Lord says to them. What God says. See, I myself will judge between the fat sheep and the lean sheep. Uh-huh. Because you shove with your with flank and shoulder. You pushing people aside. Butting all the weak sheep with your horns until you have driven them away. You're hurting the people who are already poor and you're making them poorer. You ain't trying to make you, you remember God told Jesus told the, the rich boy, he said, Go sell all you have and give to the poor. He told the rich boy, give what you have to the poor and come follow me and I'll make you rich in heaven. You know what that boy said? That boy messed around and looked at his money, looked at his bank account and said, wait a minute. If I give poor Charlie half of my riches, then poor Charlie going to be on my level. (laughs) See, and that's the problem with a lot of us. We don't want nobody to be on what you call your level. And God is the level that we're trying to all get to. And and the rich boy said, wait a minute, wait a minute. So you want me to give all my money, all my billions of dollars and millions of dollars to the poor who ain't got nothing? I worked hard for this. God said, no, I gave you the ability to get it. See, you failing to realize who gave you money. You thought your education got you that money. You thought your Harvard degree got you that money. But you failed to realize God gave you extra to share. He didn't give you extra to have your fingerprint on somebody else's thumb. Or neck, rather. And the rich boy said, that's a hard saying. And walked away sad. And Jesus said this. Watch this. Jesus said this. How hard it is for a rich man to go through the eye of a needle. Go go to heaven, rather. It's more easier for a camel to go through an eye of a needle. Now, there's no way in the world a camel can go through an eye of a needle. No way in the world. Guess what God said? It can. Now, if us humans say that it can't happen, and God say it can happen, what God is saying is he's trying to show us it's impossible for a person who are high-minded, rich-minded, thinking that they can go to heaven when you're putting others down. And when you make your riches greater than others, when you make your money greater than others, when you don't want to see nobody else on your level, you don't want to see nobody else drive your car, you don't want to see nobody else go to your same school, the Bible says that's evil to think like that. Now, once again, I am not talking about color. I'm talking about spirits. All right, let's get back. Let's get back. What verse you left off, Rita? Verse 22. What, read it again. I will save my flock, uh-huh. and they will no longer be plundered. Uh-huh. I will judge between one sheep and another. Now, look what God says also in Matthew. I think I wrote it down. You got to turn. Matthew, the 18th chapter, verse 12, says something powerful. It says, God says he will leave the 99 and go look for the one sheep. Now, some kind of way that one sheep wandered off, or somebody enticed it to leave, or somebody pushed it to leave. And God said, I care so much about those lost sheep. I will leave the 99 who's safe, sound, and in good health. I will walk away from them and go search for that one sheep. God said, I will go search for that one sheep that's lost. Be careful when you think you have arrived. Don't think your money have got you to your place. 
Don't think that your education, your health got you to that place. It's God's word that got you to your next level. But watch this. Once God gets you to another level, a higher level, reach back and pull somebody else up with you. All right. Now, we found out, number one, God searched for the hurting, right? God searched for the hurting. Let's look at number two. God is searching for the backslidden. God is searching for those who are hiding. He is searching for those whose hearts are, have, have left Christ. Look at Genesis, the third chapter, verse 9 and 11. Genesis 3, verse 9 through 11. God is searching for those whose hearts have backslidden. That's powerful. You See, sometimes you can walk away from God and, and, you know, whatever mistake you have made, and you'll think, well, God don't care about me. He know I done messed up too bad now. I can't come, I can't get it right. So I'm just going to go ahead and just stay on out here in my sins. I'm just going to keep on shacking. I'm just keep on having sex before marriage. I'm going to keep on smoking and drinking. Since now that we don't go to church and pastor can't see me, but the words see you. Just because I don't have you in the building don't mean the word don't see you. I ain't preaching so I can see you. I'm preaching so I can heal you. So watch this. So God is searching for the hurting, right? Mm -hmm. Now, number two, God is searching for those who are hiding, those who are backsliding. Look at Genesis 3, verse 9 through 11. Genesis 3, verse 9 through 11. But the Lord God called to the man, uh -huh. where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid mm. because I was naked, mm. so I hid. Yes. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? Check this out. Adam messed around and ate off a tree that God said, don't eat off of. God said, don't eat off that tree. All right? Watch this. He ate off the tree anyway. Then, when he ate, he realized, I'm naked. Watch what the Bible says. Then God walked through the garden, his normal time, his routine time, his casual way. He came through the garden, walking in the cool of the day with his voice. And the first thing he said when he got in his casual, usual place, God, we're talking about God, when God got in his usual routine, he looked for Adam. Adam was nowhere to be found. And God was searching. God was searching for Adam. This is the first time God ever had to search for man. The first creation, he had to search for them. But in the beginning, when he laid down the ground rule, hey, don't eat off this tree, don't do this, don't do that, you don't do this, and me and you'll be all right. In other words, God has given us rules and regulations so that we can have relationship. The Bible is nothing but rules and regulations so that we can have relationship. But sometimes we break the rules. And Adam ate off of what God said, don't touch went into the garden, got behind some trees, and hid himself, and here come God in his normal routine, his normal show-up time, and he can't find his buddy. God can't find the person he has relationship with. God is looking. Wait a minute now. God knows everything. He knows where you're at at all times. But it's amazing. He's asking a question to Adam who's hiding. 
He's not asking because he don't know. He's asking so Adam can say to himself, I'm out of relationship. I'm out of place. Even though you're not in the building, you can still be out of place. It's about relationship. God tells Adam, where are you? I'm coming in the garden where we normally meet. We always meet at the same place and have reunion. We always have fellowship at the same time. And now here I am on time. Here I am always ready. And now I can't find you, Adam. Why are you hiding? God is searching for those who are hurting and God is searching for those who are hiding. And the reason why you're hiding is because you did something wrong. Adam said, Lord, I messed up. Lord, I, 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 I can't help it. I, I got to let you know I'm hiding because I did what you told me not to do. And God said, but I was searching for you. Read that verse again, Alicia. But the Lord God called to the man. And God was searching. Call means searching. He called looking for Adam. Yes. Where are you? Mm -hmm. He answered, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid. Adam said to God, now look what God says. Where are you? God is in the garden. Adam is trying to hide. And God is saying to Adam, where are you? He's not asking because he don't know. He's asking so Adam can confess, I messed up. I'm hiding because I messed up. You didn't do nothing wrong, God. You didn't do anything wrong. But why, why do I need to put myself in position for God to look for me? We always had fellowship at the same time every morning. We always had fellowship reading his word every evening before going to bed. We always had fellowship when we came together and worshiped together. Why is God looking for you now? He's always, he's been showing up all the time in the same place. The same way he saved you is the same way he keep you. He's looking for you. You're the one hiding. Adam, where art thou? Adam said, Lord, I, I hear it. I messed up. And God said, watch this. God said, did you eat? Did you, did you marry that person I told you not to marry? Did you take that job I told you not to take? Did you buy that car I told you not to buy? Did, did you go to that church I told you not to go to? So you are hiding because you did something illegal. And God keeps showing up. And now all of a sudden, you're backing up. Why are you backing up? God is saying, what happened? We always had reunion. We always came together at the same time. And now you're hiding. And God didn't ask him, saying, where you are, because he didn't know. God asked him, where are you? Because God wanted him to say, I messed up. Accountability. My relationship is not lining up anymore. I don't feel your presence, God. Why you don't feel my presence? I'm showing up at the right time, at the right place. You don't want to stop coming. Just because we can't have church, don't you stop coming. We still coming to the Lord. You're not coming to a building. It's amazing what God is allowing to happen, and it may happen for years to come. God is trying to see, can I find faithfulness? I ain't looking for new restoration. I'm looking for faithfulness.
Even though Pastor Ellis can't see you, do you? Oh, I got to turn that. You, you're looking at me funny. I can see through the eyes. Uh, you're looking at me funny. Look at Proverbs, reader. Proverbs 15 and 3. Proverbs 15 and 3. And we're going to come right on back to Genesis 3, 9. Proverbs 15 and 3. This is powerful. You got to get this in your spirit. Watch what Proverbs 15 and 3 says. Read. The eyes of the Lord are everywhere. Say it again. The eyes of the Lord are everywhere. Say it again. The eyes of the Lord are everywhere. God is everywhere. God see everything. He ain't blind. He ain't got a, a blindness like a horse. God sees every single thing we do every day. Read, reader. The eyes of the Lord are everywhere. And what? Keeping watch on the wicked and the good. God see everybody who's wrong, and God see everybody who's right. And we, as humans, we try to put God in a box. If God is God, why he let this evil happen? If God is God, why don't he stop this evil? And God says right here, you don't know me. You don't even know I see everything. First of all, you need to know I see evil. I, wait a minute, I ain't approving of evil, but I still see it. But then I told you in Ezekiel, I'm going to judge it. Have patience. The Bible say, wait on the Lord. And again, I say, wait on the Lord. So we got to learn how to have patience in tears, patience in pain. Quit trying to rush yourself out of a situation that God tried to mold you in. You on the wheel, Potter. You on the wheel, Clay. And the Potter's shaping you. He got to beat you. He got to tear you down. He got to put more holiness on you. That's called water. He got to push you down, bring you back up, turn you on that wheel. And guess what? Now you're a drinking glass. Now somebody can drink after you. But God got to mold you. So you can be available for other people. You said you want to be like Christ. Come on. You said you want to be like Jesus. You, you say you want to be Christ-like. You said you want to follow him. What, what, come on, let's follow him. Everything ain't going to be about you being having everything paid off. Some of you are going to be in foreclosure. I said this to the, to the saints on Wednesday night. I said, now, this virus is going around, and it's everywhere, and we can't see it, and it could be on anything. It ain't a matter of if you're going to get it. It's a matter of when you're going to get it. I said this Wednesday night, and one of my ministers got it. And we're praying for him that God would continue to heal him. This virus is deadly. And if you do get it, or when you do get it, do you have enough holiness in you that God can bring you out of this virus or God can take you home through the virus. Oh, it's not got quiet now. Let me back it up with scripture. O King Agrippa, bless the Lord, O King. We ain't bowing down to your music. Our God is able to deliver us before we get into the virus. I know. Pitt, I know. But I just want to use virus right now. Our God is able to keep us from getting sick. But Know this, if we do get sick, we ain't bowing down and telling God he's evil. We ain't going to tell God he's weak. We ain't going to give in to the sicknesses. We're going to still give him praise. Yeah. And guess what? They got pushed into the virus. They got pushed into the pit. The Bible said they were tied up and pushed into the pit. And we want God to meet us before we get in the pit. And the Bible said, and God met those three Hebrew boys in the pit, and the king 
who pushed him in the pit, looked in there and said, come here, I need some help with this. He said, how many men did we push down in that pit? The boy said, King, we pushed three of them in that pit. He said, well, how come I see four of them in there? And the fourth one looks like the son of God. So God showed up early in the Old Testament. Jesus showed up early in the Old Testament. God know how to show up before the, and God know how to show up in it. Just give God praise right where you're at. Hallelujah. However you want to show up, Jesus, glory to God. Woo. All right, let's go back. Let's go back. Genesis 3, verse 9 and 10. 11 said, read. But the Lord God called to the man. Yes. Where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? God asked Adam, why am I searching for you? Why are you backslidden from me? I'm searching for the backslider. God say, I'm coming my usual time. I always show up when you ask me to. But now I'm, I want you to show up. That's why he was asking him, where are you? Because I want you to show up. Quit telling God and making God and, and looking for God to do all the work, and you don't bring nothing to the table. What good is having a relationship and you doing all the work? It can't be one-sided. And this is what God is saying to Adam. Right now, this is one-sided. We were doing so good together, and you messed around and let something get in your brain and made somebody talk to you and get you out of pocket. And God didn't go to Eve. He went to Adam. You who know better ought to do better. Why are you allowing folks to put stuff in your head? I've heard people say, and, it's, and it's, I don't care. Pastor Ellis, if he got some faith and he really believe in God, he'll go ahead and open up and let people come on to church. I do have faith in God. And I do believe in God. And I thank God that he gave me wisdom. To say, we ain't having no church. Somebody texted me earlier this week and said, hey, Pastor, I miss church, and uh, I, I want to come visit this Sunday. I said, come on, on uh, NROCC.org, uh, Facebook, YouTube. Come on. Go to our app. You can watch us anytime. But you ain't coming in this building. Why? Because the virus is deadly, and God has made other avenues for us to see the, and hear the word of God. Just because we can't fellowship don't mean we still can't fellowship. All right, so we done looked at God is searching for the hurting. God is searching for those who are, who are backslidden, right? God is looking for those who are, who are hiding. Now let's look at number three. Look at number three. God is searching for those who are rebellious. Woo. Watch this, Proverbs 1, verse 20 through 29. God is looking for people who are stubborn. God is looking for people who are purposely resisting him. He's trying his best to get hold of people who don't want to obey. God is looking for them too. Wow, the Christians have got quiet now because you was all up in arms when I talked about God was looking for the hurting. Now God looking for the person, the hard taskmaster too. God looking for the person that's putting their foot on your throat. God want to save the person you want to lynch now. The person you want to put in prison, God want to save them. The person you want to kill, God want to save them. The person that raped you, God want to save them. The person that got you fired, God want to save them. Be careful when you want to get revenge because your way of living have been interrupted. So God is looking for that bad boss. 
God is looking for that husband that, did, that, that beat you. God is looking for that rapist. God is looking for that murderer that killed your loved one. God is searching for them. Watch Proverbs. Watch what happened in Proverbs 1, verse 20 through 29. You're getting a balanced teaching right here. 1 through 20 through 29. Watch what it says. Out in the open, wisdom calls aloud. That's what God is saying. In the open market, I'm screaming to the world. I'm screaming to the entire world. I'm screaming to Donald Trump. I'm screaming to Russia Putin. I'm screaming to everybody that you think is evil. I'm screaming for them too. God said, I'm trying to get people who are disrespectful to him. See, you keep thinking it's about you and don't realize people are disrespecting God. God says he's wisdom. And watch what he says next. Out in the open, wisdom calls aloud. Wisdom is screaming out loud. She raises her voice in the public square. Look at that. Wisdom is screaming out. That's why people are marching. That's called wisdom. They're screaming out against injustice. Read. On top of the wall, she cries out. Wisdom is on top of the wall screaming. At the city gate, she makes her speech. Wisdom goes to your house and screams. How long will you who are simple love your simple ways? Look what God is saying. He's talking to the entire world. How long will you love being stupid? You don't mind if I break it down, do you? How long will you love doing evil? God is asking a question to the entire world. He's searching and he's screaming to the entire world. How long will you keep doing wrong? Read. How long will you who are simple love your simple ways? And the Bible says you can enjoy being stupid. You can love being simple. You can love doing wrong. You can love hurting people. And the Bible says it asks you a question. I'm screaming out to you. I'm searching for you, and I want to ask you a question. How long will you continue to do people wrong? Read. How long will mockers delight in mockery? How long will you keep enjoying mocking people and picking at people? And fools hate knowledge. How long will you say, ah, I don't care about that preacher? How long will you say you don't want to hear the word? Because the Bible says in the last days, the word will become cold to people. Could this be... Where, where God now is really separating and dividing those who are true and real by the Internet? Could God now be showing us who the true believers are? Read. Repent at my rebuke. Look what he says. I'm screaming out. I'm searching for you. Now I want you to repent. I want you to turn around. How long will you love messing up? And when will you stop messing up? Change your ways. Read. Then I will pour out my thoughts to you. If you change your ways, I will pour out more wisdom on you. Yes. I will make known my teachings. But since you refuse to listen. Since you don't want to hear me searching for you. When I call. When I do look for you. And no one pays attention. And you wag your head and keep doing wrong. When I stretch out my hand. I keep trying to hug you. Since you regard all my, disregard all my revi- Every advice. Every time I try to hug you, you push me away. And do not accept my rebuke. And every time I try to tell you how wrong you are, you don't care. I will in turn laugh when disaster strikes you. Look what God says. You don't even realize I'm trying to love you. But a day going to come when you're going to be striked with infirmities. You're going to be striked down with pain. You don't even realize down the road hurt coming to your house. Death going to knock on your door. Sickness going to come through your window. 
And watch what God says. I will mock when calamity overtakes you. But wait a minute now. God said, I'm going to do what you did to me. What you sow is time for you to reap. You laugh at truth. You, 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 pick, you ridicule against truth. Now, when truth come with, with vengeance, when truth come with judgment, God said, now I'm going to laugh. God said, I'm going to mock you. So while you down there crying, saying, God, help me, God said, ha, ha, you laughed at me when I tried to help you. When I asked you to come and be my friend, when I asked you to have a relationship with me, you laughed at me because you thought your money was your God. You thought your woman was your God. You thought your job was your God. You thought your health was your God. You laughed at me when I tried to get you to come to me. Now you need me. Now your child's sick and you need me. Now you found out you got cancer. You need me. And God said, no, no, no. I ain't showing up. I'm going to laugh at you because I search you out. I search for you and I try to get you to change, but you laughed at me when I told you to change. Read. When calamity overtakes you like a storm. Go back, go back and start over. I want to read that again. This is good right here, boy. Out in the open, wisdom calls aloud. Look what God says. I'm crying out loud in the streets. She raises her voice in the public square. God said, I'm searching for you who are rebellious. On top of the wall, she cries out. Yes. At the city gate, she makes her speech. So God says, no matter where you at, truth is looking. God said, you can't hide from truth. I don't care how wicked a person is. They know truth. But you just refuse to obey truth. Read. How long will you who are simple love your simple ways? What the Bible call you stupid? How long will you love being stupid, stupid? <laughs> Read. How long will mockers delight in mockery? How long will you keep picking at people? And fools hate knowledge. And how long will you tell, say Pastor Ellis is stupid? Repent, repent at my rebuke. Look what God says. Repent at his word. Then I will pour out my thoughts to you. And then I'll pour, if you turn around and repent, I'll pour out my love and my wisdom on you. Read. I will make known to you my teachings. Yes. But since you refuse uh -huh. to listen when I call. Yes. And no one pays attention when I stretch out my hand. Yes. Since you disregard, disregard all my advice. Yeah. And do not accept my rebuke. Read. I, in turn, will laugh when disaster strikes you. Ooh. I will mock when calamity overtakes you. Ooh. When calamity overtakes you like a storm. When disaster sweeps over you like a whirlwind. When distress and trouble overwhelm you, then they will call to me. Look at that. Now you searching for him. See, when he was searching for you, you laughed at him. Now you got pain. Now you in jail. Now you in chains. Now you messed up. Now your child being sold. Now you in pain. And the Bible say you will look for him because you ignored Ezekiel 34. When you had your good, you put your foot on mine. Mm. When you had your good education, you tore my education down. Now it's time for you to live in the doghouse. I ain't dealing with black and white. I'm dealing with spirits. Be careful who's motivating you. Because it's an evil spirit that'll make you think it's about color. The devil ain't black and white. God ain't black and white. They're spirits. And you got to realize that maybe your actions ain't the actions of God when you're putting people down. So God may not be motivating you to put people down. And if you are putting people down, then that means you're being motivated by a spirit. It's called evil. 
And so now I got to bring to you, since you can't see evil spirit, I got to bring to you your evil ways. If I show you your evil ways, then you'll realize it's an evil spirit. Then you'll turn around and repent. But since you don't want to repent, you want to laugh at me and pick at me, read. Then they will call to me. Now you're going to call to God. But I will not answer. And God say, it ain't time for me to pray. Listen to you no more. Read. They will look for me, uh -huh. but will not find me. Yes. Since they hated knowledge. Yes. And did not choose to fear the Lord. Yes. That's it. The Bible says, you refuse to listen to God's word. Now it's time for you to be judged. This is for everybody. Yeah. You'd be surprised uh, in, in the 1700s and 1400s, to be honest with you. Let's go back to 1400s. I, real, I, I did some research and find out, since you want to make it black and white, uh, there were blacks in Africa that was in prison by blacks. There were blacks in Africa that were slaves in Africa, owned by blacks' owners. So it ain't about color, it's about spirits. And we got to recognize who's motivating me and what's motivating me. If I'm doing people wrong, it's a spirit. If I'm having mercy and loving people, it's the spirit of God. But the devil will make you think, it's about black and white. This kind of teaching right here, oh, it's already made some preachers mad with me. Because preachers want to stay in color. I, I got a lot of pastors, all they want to deal with is color. They don't, want to, they don't even want to see Donald Trump uh, go to heaven. They already put on Facebook, he going to hell. We know he's going to bust hell wide open. Oh, if that's the case, then you should have talked to uh, 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 Paul. Because Paul beat Christians. Paul killed Christians. And Paul went to heaven. But he's, he repented and got saved. What if God messed around and turned Donald Trump hard around? But you were so bent on him going to hell because and all God is doing is showing you your heart. All you're doing is seeing your heart because if you had the heart of Christ, you would think like God thinks. I'm searching for the rebellious. <coughs> I'm looking for those who are mistreating others. I'm looking for people who will turn around, but I got to give them the truth for them to turn around. And we got to be careful when we want to put people in hell that we don't like. And God gave you a chance. God gave you a chance. You don't forgot you were on your way to hell. You forgot the things you used to do. You forgot you was an enemy to God. And God had mercy and let you live day one. God let you live the date three. He gave you a chance to come to your right mind. And you gave your life to Christ. And now you think you're going to, you, because you was born again and because you saved, now you're going to be racist. Be careful. Because racism ain't about color. It's about power. And there's some Christians that think they got more power than somebody else. When God elevates you, he's elevated you to share. Look at all this word I got in me. I could have kept it to myself and stayed in Florida, but he told me to come to North Carolina to share what I got. Share. I don't open my house to people. I don't open my car to people. I don't open my pocketbook to people. Some ripped me off. Some was genuine. But God always blessed us pure heart. And that's what I want to get to number four. Number one, we dealt with God's search for those who are hurting. Number two, we talked about God is searching for those who are backslidden. Number three, he's searching for those who are rebellious. And number four, 
He's searching for pure hearts. He's searching for people who've got a genuine spirit. Let's look at something. Let's look at something. Jeremiah 17, 10. Jeremiah 17, 10. I'm going to let you go home. And Psalms 51, 10. Psalms 51, 10 through 12. Psalms 51, 10 through 12. Jeremiah 17 and 12. Uh, 10, I'm sorry. Now watch this. Number one, God is searching for people who are hurting. Number two, God is searching for people who are hiding or people who are backslidden. Number three, God is searching for people who are nasty and rebellious. And number four, God, and this sums all of them up, really. God is searching for a pure heart. Watch Jeremiah 17, 10 and Psalms 51, 10 through 12. What Jeremiah says? I, the Lord, search the heart. So what God says what? I, the Lord, search the heart uh-huh. and examine the mind. Look at that. To reward each person according to their conduct. Say it again. I, the Lord, search the heart and examine the mind to reward each person according to their conduct. Look what God says. However your heart is, that's the kind of reward you get. However your heart is exemplified, that's the reward you get. If your heart is cold, you get cold back. If your heart is loving, you get loving back. If your heart is forgiving, you get forgiving back. Watch this. It's important that you learn to forgive folks. Why? Because a day going to come, you're going to mess up. You, you don't care how saved you are. A day going to come, you're going to need the same mercy you gave out to come back to you. And God is saying to us today, whoever did you wrong, I need you to forgive them. Because one day, you're going to mess up on God. And you're going to want God to forgive you. How you know that, Pastor? Psalm 51, Psalm 51, look at that. We're going to turn back. Psalm 51, verse 10. Watch what David, who killed the husband, took the wife, got her pregnant, took the woman, got her pregnant, and the husband worked for David. David sent the husband out into the battlefield and had him murdered. And that blood was on David's hand. And Jesus Christ came through the lineage of David, and David went and took the man wife who was pregnant brought her to his house, and made the woman his wife. But he committed adultery first, and he committed murder, and brought the woman to his house and made her his wife, and he was 100% wrong. But watch what happened in Psalms 51, verse 10. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. David is saying to God, look at verse 1 of that same chapter. Look at verse 1. Watch what it says. Have mercy on me, O God. Yeah. According to your unfailing love. Yeah. According to your great compassion. Verse 2. Wash away all my iniquity. Look what David said. He's telling God, I murdered the man and I slept with his wife. And I made her my wife. He said, God, I messed up. Please give me a clean heart. Give me a clean spirit. What is David doing in Psalms 51? He's repenting. And the Bible says, and God is searching for a pure heart. You got to be honest when you mess up. You got to tell God, hey, Lord, 
I ain't trying to be like Proverbs and be rebellious. I ain't purposely trying to do wrong. I messed up. I got overtaken in a fault. I got overwhelmed in my spirit, in my mind. God, please, before I go and talk to somebody else, I need to talk to God. Please, God, if, I, if, I don't, if things don't work out with my loved one, please let things work out between me and you. He said, God, I'm sorry. That's what God is looking for, a pure heart. And I know some people say, you know, how, can, how in the world God agreed and approved to him? I'm going to read Acts 13, 22. I'm going to read Acts 13, 22. I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. That's what Jesus said. Jesus said he's a man after my own heart. Watch this. He would do everything I want him to do. See, God is looking for people who are genuine in their hearts, genuine in their spirit. In other words, here's the street terminology. Don't fake the funk. Be genuine in your walk. Go tell God, hey, God, I, listen, I messed up. I need you to help me. Hey, God, I'm sorry. Hey, God, I, I shouldn't have did that. Hey, God, I shouldn't have said that. Hey, God, I, I, see, God is looking for a genuine. There's four things God's searching for. And I'm going to end on this note. He's searching for four things. Number one, he's searching for the hurting. Number two, he's searching for those who are hiding or backslidden. Number three, he's searching for the rebellious people. And number four, he's searching for a pure heart. Tell him how wrong you are. Ask him to come in your life. Ask him to re-baptize re you in the Holy Spirit. Don't get comfortable behind that screen. Don't get comfortable sitting in your living room. Ask God to set you on fire. Tell God to resaturate me, God. God, I want you to burn whatever that's, that's wrong out of me. I want you to saturate me in the Holy Spirit. I want to be anointed that when the virus come near me, the virus will say, er, I see fire, and turn around and go another direction. I want, let's pray right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for everyone that's under the sound of my voice that's watching right now that you, God, would saturate us with the spirit of your anointing, with your spirit of love. God, I thank you right now. Forgive us of all of our sins. Come into my heart. Come into our lives and save our souls. God, we know you're searching. It's not because you lost anything. It's because we done came, fell out of relationship with you. But, God, we're asking you right now to come back in our hearts, come back in our lives, and set our souls on fire. God, we want to be saturated in your love, saturated in your spirit. You have given us authority over the devil. We use that authority right now. Satan, we bind you. You must take your hands off my family. We command the devil to loose out the hold of sicknesses and death in our house. In the name of Jesus, my family is healed. My house is delivered. My family is set free. My body is mended. My mind is saved. My heart is saved. My soul is saved. I thank God for delivering us today in in Jesus' name, and everybody say amen and amen and amen. My God. So we learned today four things that God has come to do, but I want to give you number five. Ah, I told you four, but you know I always got a bullet up under my sleeve. Number five is Luke 19 and 10. Alicia, turn to Luke 19 and 10, and I'm going to end right there. Luke 19 and 10. This is powerful. God is searching. And why is God searching? He's searching those who are hurting. He's searching for those who are backslidden. He's searching for those who are rebellious. And he's searching for those who got a pure heart. And number five, 
He's searching for Luke 19 and 10. Watch what it says. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Say it again. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. And that seek means search. He came to search for those who are lost. Is there anything that's part of that? That's it. He came to seek those who are lost so he can bring them back home. I pray that you receive the word today. I pray that you share. Take, take this message and hit the share button. Somebody need to sit, hear this message. Somebody, I, I've been getting so many messages for some of my uh, uh, white Caucasian friends. They've been reaching out to me. They, they say, man, I've been listening to your messages. This is powerful. I've been listening to some, some pastors, you know, black pastors who've been reaching out to me saying, man, you're opening my eyes to some stuff. Because the devil will blind us if we don't stay in tune with the word of God. And I don't want to be blind. I want to be sincere and faithful to God. I want to hear God say one thing to me. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. What are you saying, Pastor? Everything I do on earth, I should do it to please Christ. Everything I do on earth, I should do it to please Christ. I pray that you are blessed. I pray that you uh, will support this ministry, be a blessing. We still, uh, I'm not a beggar, but I do like to tell people about the opportunity to sow at the bottom of your screen, it will tell you how you can be a blessing to this ministry and so in Cash App. And if you want to, please, I want to encourage those who are part of this ministry, who used to come here on a regular basis, I want to encourage you, come on and do a drive-by on Sundays from 10 to 12. From 10 to 12, do a drive-by, man, and just, just show your face. We like to wave at you and say, hey, how you doing? And, you know, you can't come in and we ain't coming to your house and you ain't coming to your car either. But just come on, drive-by. And if you want to drive, some people drop their tires and offering off. I'd be out there in the front and wave and, and speak to people. I want to see your face. Uh, you see me, but I can't see you. So come on by. Every Sunday from 10 to 12, you're more than welcome to come up and just drop off your tithes and offering or just wave and, and, uh, and say, Pastor, I just want you to pray for me while I'm in my car. We'll be glad, to, pastors and all us elders, we'll be glad to pray for you and encourage you. Also, I want to make the announcement starting next Friday. Next Friday, we're going to start our uh, uh, Friday Night Live back. It's going to be every month. On the first and third Friday, every month, the first and third Friday, we're going to start our Friday Night Live. It's going to be a, a, a streaming starting at 7 o'clock this Friday coming up. We're going to start it back. I think this is a great opportunity now to really take advantage of this social media and really just get the word of God out there and just spread the word of God. So I want to let all you know that you can watch us on first and third Friday of every month. But starting this Friday is the third Friday. You can watch us live every Friday night, uh, first and third Friday night at 7 o'clock of each month. We're going to have what we call Friday Night Live. One of our ministers going to be preaching the Word of God for about 30, 40 minutes, and uh, we're just going to just encourage one another because I ain't the only one that God can use. He can use anybody. And so I know how to get out the way and let people minister to me. Also, coming up in the next few weeks, we want to do something. Um, we know that the pandemic is real. We also know that they're trying to debate whether to have school or not coming up. And we also know that our students, our children, been in the house, oh, man, all spring and summer, too. And it looks like they might be home uh, this fall and winter as well. Um, we want to do an outdoor movie night in the next few weeks. We're going to do an outdoor movie night. We're going to set the chairs up outside, and we're going to uh, grill some hot dogs, and we're going to probably start around like 8 o'clock at night to give our, you know, all ages, all ages of youth, and we're just going to uh, do a movie night. We're going to have hot dogs and probably popcorn and water. No soda, water. 
And so we want to encourage our youth and get them out the house, and we're going to spread the chairs out in the parking lot and, and probably um, contact a, a, a company to bring in a movie theater and uh, set up for us and just do a movie night. So I would like for you to support that, please. We, we're probably asking about $25. So if you don't mind, if you would give an extra $25 to help towards that event, that's going to be a little costly. But if we pull together, let's get our youth out the house. I know they're about to go crazy. And uh, we just want to get them outside to come, and we're going to spread the chairs around, and they're going to have, have their mask on, and we're going to have a movie night and so that they can get out and just see each other in fellowship, all right? And so, parents, you can come too, but we ain't nobody coming in the building. We ain't having no building meetings. Ain't nobody coming inside. Everything going to stay outside six, seven feet apart, and we just want a fellowship, all right? I pray that you are blessed, and remember this word. God is searching for you. God bless you.